For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You know, who said midweek games don't matter when you're going live at 1025 Central Standard Time on a Wednesday? Because here we are, another post-game edition, another post-game show of AYS for LSU Baseball. I am your host, Blake Rufino. This is AYS. We hope all of you are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. This might be the shortest post-game show in history. This is show three for me on the day. So I am a little exhausted, but what was not exhausted was LSU at the plate, specifically our good man, Brady Neal, who called tonight for the Fighting Tigers, absolutely destroying baseballs in Houston uh, with two big home runs, getting his second, third of the night, had some big time at bats, had some big time hits. I think that second one went uh, 421 feet, 103 miles an hour off the bat. But look, I, I mean, I know you don't want to make a lot of what happens early in the season baseball-wise. I know that you don't want to make a lot of a midweek game. But Rice is coming off of a weekend series against ULL where they took two of three from them. Guys, this is not a bad mid-major program. Um, This is not a program that, yeah, they don't have the history that they once did, but they do have a lot of good players, a lot of good guys, and it's a pretty solid midweek game. I I think for me, with this team, you know, look, you come into the second inning, you get uh, uh, two walks, one from Pearson, one from Neal, you get the Jones RBI single, 
which, you know, look, I mean, the wind was howling. Typically, that's going to be an out, but it, it wasn't, okay? I mean, we, we've seen situations like this before. And don't tell me that big-time programs don't make these type of blunders. Stanford beat A&M last year on a, on a, on a walk-off similar to that first run that you scored on the technical RBI single by Jones, who later got in a pickle. I'm assuming he missed some signs there. But you get a hit-by-pitch with Bingham, a walk by Braswell, and then Kling Kong comes up and gets a line drive single in the left field and scores two runs. I, I, I thought that you can – well, let's just, let's just start here uh, at the plate. You come back in the top of the third. Bingham gets a line drive single. Braswell walks. Kling gets hit by a pitch. Okay. Um, actually, let's go to the top of the third. Um, this all comes with two outs, I might add, when you really started adding on here. So you got two outs. White flies out to right. Pearson flies out to third. But Travinsky gets hit by a pitch. Neal. Hits a two-run blast, his first of the night. Jones walks, single from Bingham. Braswell walks, clean, bases loaded, gets an RBI off the hit by pitch. Milam singles into left field with an RBI, and then Tommy White with bases loaded. Finally comes through for you, getting a two-RBI single. So the Tigers bat around there. It would continue to be an onslaught. You would get another home run from Brady Neal later into the game. Uh, I'm pretty sure... Um, that coming in the top of the seventh. But you went to the plate, you demolished the baseball, and quite honestly, guys, you choked out a team that, you know, you needed to. And look, I, I love that you go into a game like this where you're focused, you're locked in, you're determined on a Wednesday. It's a really good performance in a midweek. Um, So I, I love the that Jay gets to, you know, not use a lot of big guys out of the pen. You don't have to fight a game in a midweek. This isn't like, oh, man, LSU goes into a midweek. They're struggling. And I got to be honest, man, I, I'm i not saying I, I worried about this game at all. It's not even close to that. But I did wonder going into this one, like, hey, man, your first road game, you're on the road starting a freshman. Things could get chaotic on you and, and, and start snowballing in a hurry. But it never did. And they and you never allowed it to. So, uh, uh, just another really good performance, and Jay Johnson pushing all the right buttons after last Saturday's performance and what you're doing at the plate, guys. That's back to back games for the first time. Let's say it like this too. Let me take a sip of the sip of the water. Ah, didn't realize how thirsty I was. It's the first time this season for LSU baseball that they have had back-to-back games where they've been consistent at the plate. Look, you're talking about Sunday against Stony Brook. You come out locked in and demolish the baseball. You come into tonight scoring 16 runs. Now, you got a little help from Rice, and they had a couple of errors, but so did you, which we'll talk about later. But you go out there in back-to-back performances the first time this season and dominate the plate. What maybe what you could be seeing and what this team can do and how talented this team can be. You go into a weekend where you got Texas, you got ULL, you got Texas State. 
So some pretty good baseball, but this is the way that you want to start off a four-game week series. You start in on Wednesday, you end it on Sunday, so it's a good way to start it off by getting a win. Um, no big, no bigger performance though, and we'll talk about Brady Neal specifically uh, here in a moment. Kate Anderson, the freshman man, I, I, I tweeted this out. I think Kate Anderson is a young, uh, uh, just a young Tom Glavin that throws a little bit harder. I mean, go back and watch Tom Glavin and the motion that he had when he was with the Braves and what he looked like and, and his and just his rhythm on the mound. Tell me that doesn't look like Kate Anderson. I, w- I was watching a, a, a YouTube of Tom Glavin during the game after you scored your 16th run. Just I'm like, man, they look so similar. But Kate Anderson has got to be probably the first story that we talk about here tonight. By the way, uh, every postgame show is brought to you by our good friends over at betonline.ag. Do us a favor. If you haven't done so already, use your mobile device to sign up. Use the promo code BELIEVE50. March Madness is around the corner. So many sporting events. The draft. Where do you think Jane Daniels is going to go? You can use that promo code BELIEVE50. That's BELIEVE50 at checkout. That way that they know your good friend Blake sent you on by. Let's start off, and I don't want to say it's the biggest story, but it's got to be up there with Brady Neal's performance. I think Kate Anderson had one hell of a game. And you could look at the bottom of the third when things got a little erratic, none of it really being on him. He should have been out of that inning. But he comes into the bottom of the first, one, two, three, he gets an infield single that he tries to make a play on himself, and it, the ball's a little late getting to Jerry Jones, but three pitches later, he gets a 4-6-3 double play. The Mandeville native comes into the bottom of the second. He gets two Ks. The first two Ks of the game, bam, bam, right out of the gate. He he, he gets gives up a walk, but then gets a strikeout to end the inning against West from Rice. The bottom of the third was a little bit shaky. You know, he got a little dribbler back to himself that he got to Jones for the first out. He gave up a line drive single. He hit a batter. And then you get the the error by Josh Pearson where the line drive into right field hits off his glove, but he's able to pick it up and throw it to second to get the force out there. So you got two outs. And then he gets an error by Milam on a sliding, uh, a little sliding little catch there. Probably should have ate it and not thrown it to Jones. A run would score on that play. Um, He gives up a single, okay, which then gets another RBI, but he gets out of the inning. So the good thing about that, look, you had two back-to-back plays that did not bode well for you, but he didn't panic. A couple of runs came through. Three runs in the inning were scored. But he comes back, he gets a massive strikeout, and that's what you need from your midweek guy. Look, man, if he's going to give up some runs, we're probably going to dominate a lot of these teams. At least we know that Kate Anderson's going to get you where you need to go there. He comes back in the in the bottom of the fourth. He gets two strikeouts to start the inning, his fifth and sixth strikeout, and then it gets a flyout uh, to end it. Um, he would end in the bottom of the fifth, his last inning, uh, gets a fly out, another strikeout. He had seven on the day, and then it gets a fly out and into right field. I, I mean, guys, he just he was phenomenal. He he was absolutely phenomenal, which honestly begs the question: how just how good is this pitching staff for LSU? I, I mean, with what I would expect 
would be maybe Gage jump on Friday against Texas. I mean, we'll see what Jay Johnson does there. But with Cade Anderson, Gage jump, Luke Holman, and Thatcher Hurd being your guys, your four big arms that you want to start here. Oh, by the way, Javen Coleman has not had a bad start to the season. Guys, I got to start asking the question. I know that we're in February, and the next game that the Tigers will play will be the start of March, and where baseball really starts heating up here. Just how good can this can this staff be? Can it be one of the best staffs that we've had here? Can it be one of the best overall units that we've ever had here? I, I, I think it could be, man. Like, they have that potential. Now, they're going to hit some bumps in the road. There's going to be some rocky things that happen along this journey. But, man, you're going to have to convince me that in a three-game series with all the arms that you have here, that you're going to – I mean – you're unless multiple guys are off multiple days in a row it's going to be tough to to get runs on this team so the question becomes like look when you have those days can the guys at the plate pick you up I, I think you're you, the recipe that Jay Johnson has here and the way that he has formed this team if they continue to get better which is what they've done since game one I thought they've gotten better in so many different areas so far in this early part of the year, the sky is the limit. And I'm not going to overreact to a midweek game versus Rice, even though they're coming off a series win versus ULL. But, man, they just keep performing and keep throwing arms out there. The one thing that I don't think that we ever talk about enough with Jay Johnson is the development of players, the development of guys Guys, I know this is going to be ir- irrelevant to, to some of you, and you probably won't care. Did you see Luke Holman? I, I, I mean, Luke Holman. Did you see Will Helmers at the end of the game? Guys, last year and the last couple of years, Will Helmers had massive issues throwing strikes. Tonight, he comes out and closes out a game for you, and he's picking them up, putting them down, which begs another question like, hey, man, I mean, he 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 didn't look bad in his bad in his last performance. He didn't look bad again here tonight. Is that the worst guy in your bullpen? Because if that's the worst guy in your bullpen after what we've seen the last couple of performances for uh, Helmers, good gracious, great balls of fire, man! Like good gracious, as bodacious. So. Overall solid performance. Let me talk about Brady Neal for just a moment, and we'll get to all your questions, thoughts, concerns. We're not going to stay too long. We might be here 30, 45 minutes, not not a long post game. It is really late on a Wednesday, and I know a lot of you uh, have to go to work. Uh, Brady Neal, man, continues to impress me. You know, I, I told you guys this, and I probably shouldn't, but here we are. Uh, earlier in the year when Brady Neal – it was in the lineup card for Jay Johnson and was batting cleanup. I, I texted a good buddy of mine and was just like, look, man, I, you know, who am I? Why am I even questioning Jay Johnson? I am an idiot. I was really intrigued by seeing Brady Neal being so high up in the lineup. Well, he look, he's had some tough at-bats here, but, guys, he's absolutely destroying the baseball right now. I, I mean, that that's multiple times – where he is just, (laughs) 
I'm just talking about for for the small stature guy that he is, has demolished baseballs. The one tonight, one of the home runs that he hit was 431 feet, 103 miles an hour off the bat, uh, just absolutely destroying it, which, again, look, man, what you're doing at that position, at catcher, I mean, sky is the limit for you there. Uh, on what you're doing. I mean, Malazzo comes in late, giving Brady Neal a little bit of a rest. You got Hayden Travinsky, DH, and you can also be, that, be back there uh, as well. Tavinsky, I should say. Uh, that's what the announcer for from Rice kept calling him, Tavinsky. I mean, like, how do you not see the R? Travinsky. Uh, but Brady Neal with a massive night, um, getting those two big home runs. Hopefully you stay hot, man. Hopefully this builds some confidence for you. Hopefully this builds um, where you want to go and what you want to do for this season. You got a long way to go, man. You got a long way to go. But you start uh, against a really good Texas club who has got a, a bona fide Friday night dude. They did not allow a run last. Think about this. Again, I'll say this again. Texas did not allow a run in 27 innings last uh, last weekend. Not one. Guys, that 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 that's hard to do against your Meemaw's bridge bridge team, right? Like, I, I mean, you could put a whole bunch of older ladies that play bridge out there, and you might give up a run. That's two bottles. We're putting the water down, man. Bourbon Blake during the week is no longer. I, I can't be drinking bourbon during the during the week. Uh, we got a couple of super chats in here, so let's let let's get to them. Um, Cutter Berard on YouTube with the four ninety nine dollars super chat. Thank you, Cutter, for sending us that. He says, "Love the way that this team is shaping out. Uh, great teams win their midweek games the way this team just did. Kane Anderson is our next great pitcher. I agree with you. I, I mean, look, man, you." Great teams put inferior opponents away. That's that's what I think is missed. Okay, if you lose one, it, it is what it is. Last year's team lost one uh, to ULL. Um, if it happens, it happens. But, you know, like you had a <laughs> – I mean, y'all remember last year when you had the, uh, the tough game against Tulane in New Orleans, but then you go to like Southeastern and you smack that ass, which – they're still mad at me. people at Southeastern are still mad at me for whatever reason, those freaking Rudy Poos. Um, but Cutter's right, man. Great teams demolish teams like this. And maybe it did take you going on the road to get a little focused uh, and, and, and lock in here. Maybe that is the situation. But I will tell you, man, it, it never ceases to amaze me when teams go on the road and they look better, you know, like, especially in baseball. Especially in this sport. Because I, I think multiple things have to happen. Number one, you got to lock in, okay? You you can't you be – I mean, like, at home, man, you're relaxed. You're sleeping in your own bed. You, when you go on that road, especially in this sport, it, it changes, dudes. Either one of two things are going to happen. Either you're not going to be locked in and not focused and you're just going to be lollygagging around. That tells you a lot about your team. Guys, going out there and scoring 16 runs, I'm telling you now, that's a good team. 
Like, that, that is not a bad team you just played. Like, I, I don't know if you're not at the end of the year and saying if Rice isn't making a push to get into the tournament. So, uh, you can say what you want, but that team might be there at the end. The only thing that I ask on these midweek games, regardless of where they're played, can we get the run rule? I know Jay's going to probably kill me or anybody for saying that because he wants guys to play and get reps, but come on, man. I mean, if you if you're demolishing a team like that that might make a postseason run or not run, but the postseason, give us the mercy rule. Even if it's at their house, screw you. Uh, Kelly DK says we won't have the dominance of Skeens, but man, it's been a while since we've had this many quality arms. Yeah, again, and thank you, DK, for the super chat. You guys always when y'all send it, um, man, it it does mean the world to me because I mean. Look, man, it makes me – it helps me live this dream. So, every time y'all send them, man, it's absolutely fantastic. Thank y'all so much. Um, to DK's point, you can't replace a generational talent, and you can't replace two generational talents, uh, especially with Cruz who's just doing Cruz-like things in spring training. Paul Skeens hit 103 today in a bullpen. I don't know if y'all saw that, 102-103. Um, you can't. But this team did not have this this stat, this complete staff last year. But it's tough to say, too, because you have one of your big arms that got hurt in the beginning of the year, and then you have Ty Floyd, who's a first-round pick. Like, I mean, you've gotten multiple. I mean, last year you could have been there. You could have been there, but you just had some injuries. You know, what would Chase Shores have been What if he would have continued and, and gotten experience? But you're right. I, I mean, DK, from top to bottom, I, I mean, like, guys, we're getting – I know that the second outing wasn't necessarily great for Christian Little, but he, uh, of the four, uh, three or four appearances that he's had and the times that we've seen him, even he hasn't looked that bad. So, I, again, I, I agree with you. I mean, you just got that many really good arms down there. And I I think you have four, maybe five quality guys that you can start at any given moment, okay, rotation in the weekend or not, that can go for you and and give you some really solid innings. Like, I think you see Gage jump on Friday. I think you see um, Holman on Saturday, and I think Hurd is going to be on Sunday. That's what I do. That's 1,000% what I do. And, and, and go from there. And I, I just don't know if a lot of – and I watch a lot of college baseball. You can ask anybody <laughs> that knows me well enough. Because if I'm not – like if, if I have, quote, unquote, downtime, I am watching college baseball. I am not a big college basketball guy in the regular season. I'll catch the highlights, whatever – just my, just not my jam. Not anymore, anyway. I'll watch like a Auburn, Tennessee tonight or whatever, and, and keep it on like another screen. But it is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, John Sibley Butler with a fifty dollars super chat. Thank you so much, John. Really, really, really appreciate that. He says, "Thanks for the late night. Which team in the SEC we we will really challenge the Tigers?" Um, thank you, John. That means the world to me, buddy. Um, I, look, I still think Florida is a really tough team. I, I don't care that they lost to Stetson in a midweek. Um, A&M, 
is going to be really good. Well, A&M is really good. Um, they Look, Schlossnagel, even when he was at TCU, had a lot of good squads. He's got another one here. Chase Lavalette and Braden Montgomery uh, are, are killing it right now. Uh, so the bubble-fearing, assless chaps wearing Texas A&M Aggies, um, they're pretty good. Uh, very weird. I, I, Georgia's, let's, you know, yeah. I, you know what team I'm not as afraid of as I was in the beginning of the year? It's Vandy. I, I am not as afraid of Vandy as I was in the beginning of the year. Um, I think that they are easily beatable. Easily beatable. Now, this is baseball, and watch you lose two out of the three against them, or, or two or three against them if you if you had that opportunity, or if you have it. I don't even know if we – I'd have to check. I don't even know if we play them in a series this year. I, I feel like we do. I feel like we do play them in a series. When you, Where's Paul's hub when you need him? I, by the way, I need a call, Paul's hub. Um, I don't know if you play them in a weekend series. Arkansas, oh, yeah, you do at home. Vandy, April 4th, 5th, and 6th. You got Vandy at home. Um, Arkansas, that one's going to be tough because you got to go to go to Baumwalker, and that, that's not going to be easy for you. Um, the, thing with, the thing with Arkansas, though, if you think that the – like, LSU was struggling, at, at, you know, with – man – it's tough because it's early, so I want to be careful and want to say, if you think if LSU was struggling early at the plate this year, you should see Arkansas. They really have been struggling, but their staff is ridiculously good. Look, you got Florida, Arkansas, Vandy, Tennessee, at Tennessee, at Lindsey Nelson. Um, they're not bad either. They're not bad either. Then you got to go to Missouri. Ugh, that's gross. Got A&M at home. Alabama hadn't actually been that bad either. Um, that TJ McCants, who was at Ole Miss last year, has been doing some really good things with uh, this year. Um, look, it's not going to be easy. I, I mean, not going to be easy at all. Yeah, we host him at home in April. That's right. Uh, John Sibley Butler says Friday night will tell us a lot. The Longhorns has have excellent pitching and is carrying the grudge of uh, Miss Ball and the lights uh, against Stanford. Oh, it was Texas last year that 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 happened to. Damn, I thought it was A and M. Maybe it was Texas. Uh, Tyler says it was Rice's fault. I heard. On what? Uh, and Paul Zub says the cameraman in left field was fighting for his life tonight. <laughs> yeah, he was. I, I mean, man, I'm a, I, when when the when it's that bad, dude. I want to like throw up. Like, brother, ugh, brother, ugh. Oh, talking about the 10-run rule. Yeah, God bless it. Come on. Come on. Uh, Max says, I'd start Holman, Hurd, and Jump with Cade as midweek starter. I don't know if they're not going to go jump Friday night. 
I, I really don't. I mean, I just don't think you can throw hurt on, on Prime. But again, I, I say that, watch him go out there and dominate. But look, Thatcher Hurt started against him last year and looked good. I don't know. I, I you know, how much revenge are they going to want to get on him? I don't, you know, you threw jump on a Thursday. Are, are you going to throw jump on a Thursday and then wait to throw him again on a Sunday? I, I don't know that. I, 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 I really, really, really don't know that. Uh, both got blinded by lights. Texas's mishap happened in a bigger moment. That's true. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Cole Adams says Arkansas needs to win at something. Isn't a good year in Hoggy Land. It's not, man. It's not. Like we talked about today on the SEC show, which if y'all have not gone check it out, go check it out. We're doing our around your SEC um, morning shows on Monday and Wednesday. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, they were really bad at football. They were four and eight this year. Basketball's been underwhelming. I feel bad for them, man. Uh, they're they're yearning for a winner, and they're not going to get one. Because I don't think Van Horn could win. I I, I just don't. I think Van, Dave Van Horn is our 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 this generation's Mike Martin. Dave Van Horn might be this generation's Mike Martin. And it sucks. Uh, I think you can win baseball-wise at Arkansas. Um, I mean, the one-two punch that they have on Friday night, at least what they've shown the first two Friday nights, has been uh, Hagen Smith and McIntyre, the big Roddy coming out of the pen. Guys, I'm just going to tell you, you don't. Uh, we have solid pitching. We don't have anything in a one-two punch like that. Not even close. That's three. I'm going to be waking up in the middle of the night having to take a piss. Brandon Reese says for <laughs> Brandon Reese says for as much as SEC football is always tough, SEC baseball is a close second, especially when Texas joins. I don't know if SEC baseball is not tougher. I mean, think about it like this. LSU did not win their division last year, nor do they win the SEC championship, and they still won an Addy. I mean, I think SEC baseball is tougher because Fandy, Florida, Arkansas, Tennessee, South Carolina, A&M, Texas – when they join Arkansas, I mean, the only three really true programs that are underperforming are the two Ole Miss or two Mississippi schools in Mizzou, Kentucky. I mean, guys, Kentucky got to a super regional last year against us, against one of Jay Johnson's really good friends. Who's the head coach there. So, I mean, look, I, I don't, I'm trying to think of anybody else that really just sucks. I mean, maybe Georgia, um, but Georgia's got Charlie Condon in the boys. I mean, they lost tonight to Michigan State. They just looked awful. Um, 
But Charlie Condon hit three home runs. It was accounted for all six of their runs. So, I mean, maybe those three or maybe those four are, are, are your bottom tier. But even even them, they like, guys, any, any given night, any one of those four teams, maybe not Mizzou, but any one of those four teams, or maybe even Mizzou, could clip you. That's how – like – Vandy's not going to beat LSU in football. <laughs> There's no team that you, like, you don't have that team. Which is very interesting. Very, very, very interesting. Uh, John Sibley Butler says, Arkansas, hope they stay down. Bless their hearts. Yeah, man, it's it's tough. Big pressure's in the building. Good to have you in here, pressure. Uh, yeah, it's depressing for them. Very, very depressing for them. You you got to feel for them, man. It it, it can't be it, – it's got to be tough. It's got to be tough. So, look, I, I do need to say this too before we – you know, uh, I know we've been talking a lot of baseball here. I do need to say this. Did y'all see this tonight um, or today? The college football playoff is looking like it's going to be expanding to 14 teams. So, we haven't even played – and the 12 team playoff and we're already trying to move to 14 teams uh four of them by the way are going to be automatic qualifiers for both the big 10 and the sec with three going to the acc and big 12 and a couple i think maybe three at large so it'd be three six nine no that wouldn't be I, my math is off maybe i'm wrong on on the number there but Four and four automatic bids, three and three, and then uh, the the three at large in a group of five. Um, none of this makes sense anymore to me. None of it. It's all about money. There are no right decisions anymore in college football. Guys, there's not 12 teams in college football. More or less, there's not 14 teams in college football when you expand this in 2026 by the way we haven't even kicked off the first season of a 12-team playoff we have no idea what this looks like but guys i gotta tell you there's not 12 teams there will never be 12 teams that can compete for a (laughs) i mean just none of they're not going to be able to compete to win a national championship in college football Recruiting is still going to be a thing. And the teams that recruit the best, evaluate the best, I should say, not even recruit the best, but evaluate the best, develop the best, are always there. It's why Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State and LSU, it's why all of them are there. It's why LSU is is second in national titles. why Ohio State constantly gets to the playoff. It's why, honestly, Michigan got there. Forget your star ratings, ho. They evaluated their talent fantastically and developed it. You're just not going to get 12 teams, much less 14 teams, that can compete for a national title. Guys, let me give you an example. LSU would have been in the playoff this year. Now, maybe LSU would have knocked off like a Penn State or somebody, maybe. Sure, I'm with you. But they're they're not going to beat an Alabama team that they play the next week. They're, guys, it, it's hard to beat a good team twice, and I understand that. 
But we were not a good enough team. Penn State wasn't a good enough team. I'm trying to th- – Ole Miss wasn't a good enough team. Missouri was not a good enough team. Those are the other teams in your playoff that would have to go up against Georgia, Florida State, barring the Jordan Travis injury, Washington, Texas, Alabama, Michigan. The Those four teams were the best four, four five, six teams, and last year was different, but those teams all could have played for a national title with everything right. I still think Jordan Travis – Getting hurt was the only reason why you left out Florida State, and it is what it is. But there wasn't like even twenty twenty two. There wasn't four. There wasn't fourteen teams, and twenty one. There wasn't fourteen teams, guys. There wasn't really two, but two teams. Twenty twenty, nobody was beating Bama. Twenty nineteen, nobody was beating LSU. Twenty eighteen, nobody was beating Clemson. Like, you, you, they all think it's a game. It's all about money for the suits. It's all about money that Greg Sankey, Tony Petiti can push to their conferences. That's all that this is. This is Their job is to make their conference money, and that's what the expansion does. Makes your conference more money. You know, the reason why I like college football more than the NFL is because it's not the NFL. Guys, you have 32 teams in the NFL, 53-man rosters. It's a completely different game and environment to that end. Now, they play the same game, but you get what I'm saying. Like, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? The NFL can have their own structure on how they do and run things. You don't have to be like them, nor do you have to let bureaucrats in suits that are trying to give you a lot of money dictate what the health of this sport can be. There's no amount of money that can change how the health of this sport is going to go. 14-team playoff. Are you a damn buffoon? Are you a damn buffoon? How can you sit wherever it is that these, these suits sit and think to yourself that this is a good thing for the sport? It's not. It devalues the regular season. They can say all that they want to that it won't. But you, it doesn't matter what they tell me because a game, for example, the game in the SEC that has everybody that everybody will watch this game in the SEC over the last two decades, last 20 years, has been LSU and Alabama. It loses its luster now, obviously, with Nick leaving, but you get what I mean. That game even if Nick was here, loses its luster to some extent because if either one of those teams lose and they get to 10 wins in the regular season, they're going to make a playoff and make a run any damn way. It does not matter. What has made this sport so intense, no, not camping, what has made this sport so intense is that you have to strive for perfection every single week the intensity is up every single week you're not going to get that now I don't care what anybody tells you they are lying through their freaking teeth if they tell you that it's going to be the same it is not
that's like your girl telling you she's going out with her girls and they're going to the club but and she's going to dance, but I ain't going to tell you who I'm dancing with. What are you talking about? I know what you're going to do when you go out with the girls and y'all go to a club. You're going to shake your tail feather for dollar bills. Like, what do we, like, guys, come on. This shit is so simple. We have not even kicked off in a 12-team playoff, and they're already expanding, man. What is wrong with, what are, what's wrong with these people? You have told me and told me and told me. Some of you have pushed back on me saying this for so long. I've told you since 2020 that we needed a commissioner. I've gotten more hate. I, I will tell you, I've gotten more hate on we need a commissioner more than Miles Brennan, my Miles Brennan takes, uh, my NIL takes, my Sharon Lewis takes, which my Sharon Lewis takes, man, you get that gets to the right Democratic Party. Good, I mean, guys, I've gotten serious hate mail, and I'm not political, like really. I am not. I don't care. Vote for whoever you want for. I don't give a fuck. Um, yeah. Jaden Daniels. Nothing has been worse for me than that, that we need a commissioner. Nothing. And now some of you are coming to the limelight saying, yeah, I think, you know what? That, that loud mouth bearded son of a gun was probably right. How many times do you think that TV companies are trying to get Roger Roger Goodell to do something? It's like, you know, uh, what was it? The uh, a sponsor told Dana White, you know, like he, he shouldn't be able to have political people at, at fights and they need to pull a, the sponsorship from Bud Light and he just said, go screw yourself. You need you need a commissioner who, to, who can tell somebody ESPN to, to kiss their whole asshole. I, I, I'm just being honest. Dude, the sport that I love, whew, it's never going to be the same, man. Never going to be the same. In a, in a lot of ways, man, it's depressing. It's depressing. Oh boy. Go Tigers says four or five SEC teams will make it this year. Well, when they go to a 14 playoff, four automatic bids will get in there. Uh Christopher Westbrooks says, Who would you do who, who would you make commissioner? I don't know. I you know, if you would have asked me three weeks ago, I probably would have told you Greg Sankey. But after the last three weeks, I don't trust Greg Sankey enough anymore. I don't trust him right now. I really don't. What he's done behind this, what he's done in allowing this shit with the with Tennessee and the in the NCAA, he knew he knew what was going to happen. He was probably playing puppet master behind the scenes, and he thought that that shit was cute. 
shit ain't cute. He's hurting the sport. Every time that he pushes for expansion, every time that he pushes for uh, uh, realignment, every time that he – I would love to hear what he's got to say about the 14-team playoff. There's no excuse. He has – he is dying on a hill when he says, yeah, 14-team playoff gets our conferences and our teams in our conference more money. Eat a whole bag of you-know-what. That is a stone-cold lie. You want it for yourself. Just admit it. Like, I, I wish for once somebody in college sports would just admit, look, it's something that I want. It, it's my job to make schools more money. And you know what? I respect him for it. Hey, guys, all Greg Sankey's job is, the only job that Greg Sankey has is the sustainability of the conference. That's it. That is his only job. What is Everybody in here tell me what Greg Sankey's ultimate job is. It is to make everybody more money. That is it. He's doing a really damn good job of it. A swell job. But that's all that he's going to do. He's not going. He's not looking at what's best for the sport. And quite honestly, I don't know how much of it he cares. Like I, I don't think he cares about the health of the sport. I, I really, really don't. I mean, he sees dollar signs, and it, it hits him in the face like a, a porn video. Massive pause. Like his name's Puff Daddy. It, it just. It does not. It does not. Man, it doesn't make sense. Maybe my Puff Daddy reference was was too much. God, you want to talk about wild? Ooh, ooh I don't know if y'all been down that rabbit hole. <laughs> Speaking of going down rabbit holes, I'm sure Diddy's been down a couple of them. Dwayne D says, way too much drama in sports now. Sports has always been my release, both playing and watching. I've backed away from watching most sports. College football, you're on the clock. Sad, man. It's sad. Really sad. Uh, Marvelous. (laughs) Man, Diddy down the rabbit hole. There's nasty work. It is nasty work. He did it. I mean, he's the one in open court admitting that he's having relations. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. He's out there saying, I had sexual relations with this man, this man, and this man. I mean, that's him. That's on him. Ain't on me. Couldn't be me. Man, ain't no way, dog. Ain't no way. The, these celebrities, man, they worse than us. We look at them and they and we say to their ourselves, man, man, that's a, that's a ditty, man. This guy's got a, got everything. But I'll tell you now, if Tom Brady can be cheated on, so can you. These women ain't loyal. We'll see y'all tomorrow. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.